The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, <clears throat> excuse me, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. <clears throat> and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you head over here to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, scroll down and on the right side of the page, we are streaming live. Uh, second video down, just click on that if you want to enlarge it. That's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. And um, you can also click on the icon down here at the bottom of the video and you can join us in the chat. All my rowdy friends have settled down was an old country song you should do. Well, I got a lot of rowdy friends and not of the uh, of the sinful type in the chat this morning uh, talking about being rowdy today. Well, we, we were rowdy every day in some aspect. 
but uh, but yeah, you can you can jump in there with us, people of like mind, and um, so yeah. Yeah, click on that and uh, join us in the chat. We'd love to have you. Also, right above that is Bradley's show from yesterday, and you can click on and play that. He'll be live in this section right above where we're live today at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. You can catch that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Right up above that is where you can enter your email to subscribe to our newsletter. Again, we don't rent your email out. We don't sell it. We don't spam you. You get one email from us a day, including the Morning Show Archive, with all the links and everything. And I, I tell you, there was a lot of stuff in yesterday's article after uh, Guterin had, had come on. And uh, that guy, is he's he's got a lot of information. I'm going to tell you what. hes He's got a lot of information. He says, i got some other stuff we can talk about if you want. And I said, well, okay, let's give it a little bit. And you come up with whatever the topic is you're wanting to cover, and let's look at it and let's see how we can bring that to the people. And I'm I'm fine with doing that. So anyway, you get those uh, in the evening, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you agree with our message, there is a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you are able to and you would like to, okay. See, the Bible talks about God loves a cheerful giver, right? He, he's not giving begrudgingly. And I certainly don't want you going into debt to give to the Sons of Liberty. But if you have the means to do it and you want to do it, then we want you to support us, okay? We want you to stand with us. The donate button is there. You can also partner with us monthly or monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also there at the top of the page. And then our store page. Again, I'm going to head over here real quick. And uh, you can check out in our store that we obviously have that new Rebellion to Tyrants is Obedience to God t-shirt. You guys have, have seen that. Uh, last week we had it on sale with a promo code. I think you got 10% off, something like that. You can still get that in our store. You just don't get that. But this week, up until Saturday midnight, okay, Saturday midnight, I don't even, what, what day will that be? Saturday midnight will be the 10th. Okay, so up until the 10th at midnight, you can get the To Spit Against Heaven DVD. And this one is the one that deals with the LGBTQ plus all that other stuff um, agenda. Okay, this is Bradley doing this, and you can pick that up in our store for $20. If you use the word, um, oh, no, this isn't the one. I'm sorry, this is not the one. That was last week. Ah. See, I had clarity of mind. I'm going to speak to you about that in just a moment. This is what we have. The Cowards Will Not Preserve the Republic t-shirt. Okay, multiple colors. I think there's 10 colors there. Multiple sizes. I think they go up to like a triple X or something like that. You can get these in the store when you enter uh, for 10% off when you enter the promo code REPUBLIC10, the number 10, REPUBLIC10. Uh, in the in the checkout when you get one of these shirts, okay. So if you want one of these shirts, now is the time to do it. Enter that promo code. You save ten percent off of each one that you get from the store, and that helps us as well. All right, okay. So that's some of the things. Um, you know, we've also had you know Kate comes on on Saturdays, and she talks about a product that helps to detoxify. Now I am currently using it. I messed up and whatever the plastic is that's on there this is it it's the zeolite product and it's two you get four sprays a day three or four sprays three times a day and uh, it helps you detoxify um, heavy metals and and other toxins that are in your body and uh, i gave the other bottle that i had to my mom she's been diagnosed with parkinson's disease and so we're gonna see if we can't uh, bring 
you know, God's treatment to to the uh, the picture there for my mom. I'm very hopeful in that, and so uh, that's why I went ahead and gave it to her. The guy who provides these over at the Good Inside uh, said, "Yeah, give her give her that. That'll be good. That'll be a good start." And then Kate's putting together a little bit of a protocol for her, if you will, a nutrition diet um, to aid in that. And my mom is not one who eats a lot of junk food and stuff. She just she just doesn't do that. But she's had she has had some health problems. So. Um, in any case, we're, we're going to try to do that. And, it, you know, if you want to, if you want to try that out, I put out an article on it, five bucks will get you started in that. If you want to try it, that's up to you, um, and, and, and see what it does. And then after that, you can, you know, check it out for the regular thing. But, but that's on Sons of Liberty Media too. You'll find it in a rare mi- mi- eh, miracle mineral removes deadly toxins and heavy metals in just 30 seconds a day. And it literally takes that long. And I got to tell you, I was seeing a difference about three, about three days after I started taking it. I don't know any way to say it except it seems that there's clarity, there's alertness um, that I didn't have before, or that 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 seemed to kind of come out. And I wasn't even looking for it; I just happened to notice it. So you know, I've, I've, and I've been taking it for about a week now. But anyway, if you want to do that, there's a special offer there for five bucks. You can uh, you can check that out. All right. So today, I. Titled this, the noose is tightening, but there's something you can do about it. And this isn't normally my thing. I usually get on a particular, you know, topic, a specific topic, and we talk about that. Thank you guys for the prayers for my mom. I appreciate that. I really do. The, um, but there's there's so much that's going on, you just can't keep up with it. So. Most of the time it happens during the evenings when I'm, you know, not pressed to get stuff out. I'm setting up all the posts throughout the nights. I'm, I'm uh, doing the emails. I'm getting stuff over to my son to post on his gun site. I'm, you know, doing all those kinds of things. And so I'll have something playing. So last night I was listening to an interview with Steve Quayle by uh, Mike Adams over there at Natural News. And To say that I'm not shocked, okay, because we know what God has said in Deuteronomy 28 about how his judgments follow one another. And I read to you last week uh, when we were on the show, and I read to you that God sends armies too. And this is way on down the line of a list of judgments against his people who are unrepentant, okay? And he gets to the armies, and they come in and destroy the people, and they take them away. They make them slaves. And he says, you'll serve them in hunger and nakedness and all these other things. Now, I don't think anybody listening to this program wants that to happen. But there's evidence all around us, I think, that this is something that's in our future if we do not repent and God does not heal our land. And I'm not saying it as some kind of thing to get your vote. I don't have my hand out for your vote. I don't even have my hand out for your money. I tell you, if you want to give, give to the Sons of Liberty, if you believe in that. And if you have the money to do it and you want to support us, do it. But I'm not here, one here, you know, like some of these televangelists, and I'll tell you what, they have they have just... Uh, they've destroyed the giving of people to actually good ministries in many cases because they've shown themselves to be charlatans, hucksters, 
thieves, false prophets. What can I say? They don't give the gospel. They don't call men away from sin. They don't call them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They put out fantasy stories for them. But here's the thing. We're seeing not just in our country, but in our world, men who have departed from the Creator wickedly. They, they've just departed from Him. They have said, no, we'll do it our way, just like Adam and Eve. We'll, we'll do it our way. We'll decide what's right and wrong. We'll determine that based on what we think is right and wrong. And we've seen how that's played itself out over the past several decades here in America. Men have come in, and we've, we've, we've made government force, quote-unquote, civil rights for blacks, but what they, what they uh, for blacks, which they should have rights. Again, we we go back to Scripture. There's not this race issue. There's ethnicities. God has set up the nations. There's no question about it. He's set their boundaries and all these kinds of things. But in the end, we're one people. We really are. We come from the same parents. Okay? Yes, we have a lot of different genetic makeup. We look different. That's a good thing. It would be a pretty boring world if everybody looked like me, wouldn't it? Or if they look like you, it'd be a boring world. But God is not that. And so we're seeing that. We're seeing this this underlying propaganda that comes in. We're now talking about critical race theory. Let me tell you about critical race theory. Our friend David Rizzolato, who was on with me Saturday, David's been writing about critical race theory for about almost 10 years, I think. This is not something new. This is something that's been around for quite a while. It was put out by Obama's um, professor, Derek Bell, there at Harvard. I think it was Harvard. This is not something new. And it's to stir up the people. It is to divide them against each other. It is to have them fighting one another, just like Gutrin said on the show yesterday, in order that the rulers, those who would be rulers and masters over us, they, they want to be that over us, can sit back and say, watch these fools fight each other and tear each other apart. We just have to give them a little nudge, if you will. And the people get their eyes off the tyrants who are doing this to them. They don't unite and deal with the tyrants lawfully. And so the tyrants run the day. And they run the show. And they wear down the people. Now, let me give you a few instances here. This came out yesterday, and I could probably just go on and not show you articles or anything just based off the stuff that we have and then dump the articles in the archive. But I'm going to give you a few instances. If you guys have been listening to Bradley in the afternoon, one of the things he said that kind of has stuck out every few shows, especially when he talks about guns, if the people don't repent and they don't deal with this, they're going to come for our guns. They are. They're going to come for them. They're not going to... Well, they already don't see that you have a right. They think that they give you permission. We already see that in how they talk. They talk openly about banning guns that you have, and you know these rascals want it ex post facto, which the Constitution says they can't do, just like they did the bump stocks. And for those of you who thought Trump was this, uh, you know, 
best thing on earth, like what he claims. Nobody can do it like he does. You need to understand that that whole bump stock ban that he let go through and he didn't shut it down, that is the start. Now they're talking pistol braces. Okay? Then they're going to be talking about, well, what constitutes a machine gun? You remember when the bump stock ban thing went on? I told you, you can bump fire without a bump stock. So are we going to outlaw fingers and shoulders? Probably not. But these guys have told you. Let's have an assault weapons ban. Well, what's in that assault weapons ban? Is it is it AR-15s? Well, yeah, they're in there. But it's every other semi-automatic weapon you can think of. Handgun, rifle, or whatever. I think it, well, I don't know if it actually included some bolt, I don't think it included some bolt-action rifles. It may have. And it didn't include revolvers. Okay? Or the other ones. Um, the Derringers. It doesn't include anything like that. They were trying to take your arms. Now look at what they're doing. If they can't take your guns, they'll take your ammo. Or they'll tax you to death on it so you can't have them. Okay? Now, they'll say, well, see, this we can tax. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think that's one of the things in the U.S. Constitution that needs to be removed out of it. That is one of the things I don't think is biblical. I know God said the king would do it, but he was saying that's because you rejected me, that he was going to tax you. God laid out a tithe, okay, and it's to be used for a variety of things, and he even said he would bless the people for giving that tithe. Government didn't do that. Government didn't do that at all. So let me give you a, an instance here. This is from Matt Agaris yesterday. Government to force gun owners to pay an annual tax and will control? No, well, there's control involved. They will confiscate your guns from those who refuse. If you don't pay our tax because you own guns, we're going to come confiscate those guns. Now, i got to ask you something. <laughs> Where's the authority for this? This is so immoral. That be, why? Because this is another property tax. Property taxes are immoral. Because you go and you buy something, and they never tax... Do you, you notice they never take, and they don't tax... They don't uh, add property taxes to your glasses. They don't add property taxes to your computer. They don't add property taxes to your your telephone or excuse me your your cell phone. They don't add, they add a lot of taxes on there, but it ain't, it ain't property taxes. They don't do it for your furniture in the house. They do it on your big ticket items, your cars, your houses, your boats. Now, basically, this is what this is. They can call it what they want. They're going to find another piece of property that they can tax you with. Here's what Matt says. San Jose, California. In a move that is being celebrated by the anti-gun crowd, the government of San Jose, California has passed a resolution unanimously to force gun owners to pay an annual tax and carry insurance for the privilege of self It is. See, that's what they want you to think. They want you to think it's a privilege. It's not. It's a God-given right. Both our Declaration of Independence recognizes that there are rights given to us by God, and the U.S. Constitution recognizes it in the Bill of Rights that we have the right 
to keep and bear arms. We do not need permission. I don't know when we're going to get it in our head. We don't need permission from government to carry our weapons. And pretty soon, I really do think, I'm not a prophet or son of a prophet, I'm not speaking for God, I don't do that stuff unless I'm reading Scripture. That's where God speaks, okay? But I can tell you this, pretty soon it's going to be where you're going to be carrying that gun. Everywhere you go. Openly and otherwise. There's no, unless God does a miracle, and we're going to get to that at the end here, okay? Because I don't want to leave people hopeless. Unless God does a miracle, it's going to require his hand being upon us to deal with our enemies. Plain and simple. Though the forthcoming tax, this is again from the article by Matt Agaris, though from the forthcoming tax has yet to be determined, in other words, they haven't determined how much they're going to charge you for that gun every year. Tell Look, within a couple of years, you're going to pay for that gun twice. Paying government for something you shouldn't be paying them for. And we know what California government is doing. They're tyrannical. Wouldn't surprise me if they're going to come take your guns anyway. They're just going to bleed you dry until they do. Though the forthcoming tax is yet to be determined, lawmakers have already determined that they will begin confiscating guns from anyone who refuses to pay it. Can you say 80% lowers? Can you say ghost guns? Can you say manufacture your own weapons? This is why they become so popular. They don't know you have them. How are they going to tax you? See, they do this stuff, and some people had a real problem. You know, they wanted to jump on the bandwagon. The war on drugs, it was the same kind of concept. In some states, you can go in, and where it's illegal, you you can go in there and, and pay for the taxes on your whatever they've outlawed. But they don't care as long as they get their money. And then when it, you know, if you become a dissenter, well then, okay, we might use that against you, right? This move comes on the heels of another Orwellian gun law the city passed two weeks ago, which requires every single gun purchase to be video and audio recorded and that media stored indefinitely. You know, before it was... ATF agents coming in and they were checking the FFLs and some of them were getting a little too nosy and going back there and getting the papers, you know, that you fill out, the um, the ATF forms that you fill out and they were photocopying them. They're not supposed to do that. It is against the law and yet they were doing it. Nobody's lost their job over it. And you can guarantee yourself that there is some sort of gun registry that's being created now. They're not waiting to do it. It's been, how, how else do you understand this idea of the Nick's sales? Because they come in with details that they shouldn't be holding on to. In fact, they're supposed to approve or deny that, and not they're not supposed to retain that, that information. But they are. They are retaining that information. Here's what he goes on to say. The city claims the gun tax is necessary to force gun owners to cover the costs related to gun violence in the city. (laughs) I mean, are the gun owners, let, let me change that. Are the citizens who own guns lawfully, who are not using them to commit crimes, 
Are they the ones responsible for gun violence in the city? No. No, they're not. The ones who are responsible for the gun violence in the city are the same guys that that this government here in California and San Jose will not bring justice against. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what we talk about the Sons of Liberty. The criminals using guns to murder people, strong-arm stores, um, kidnap, rape, or whatever the case may be, they're not having justice brought on their heads. Let me tell you something. You start convicting these people, and in, within 24 hours or immediately following the conviction... You know, here's the thing. I do want to be careful, and I don't think it's a problem to wait 24 hours or even seven days or something like that. Okay, I don't, I don't think there's a problem in doing that to make sure, because once you do it, you can't take it back. To make sure these people have committed the crime that they're accused of, and then when you do, you eliminate them off the planet. There's no need for this use of this stuff. But because we haven't brought justice, we give our enemies every reason to come in and oppress us. Oh, we got violence in the streets. We're going to have to come and deal with you people who aren't committing the violence. We've got this going on. You people are going to have to be locked down over here. It's for your safety. Don't worry. We'll have um, you know, the troops out in the street. Remember that? Where, where, where did we have that at? Um, boy, it's been some time since I did it. And the, the guys were marching down the street. It was up in Michigan or Minnesota, somewhere up in there. Boston, I, I don't remember where it was. But the guys were walking down the street. They had all the people inside the houses. And then the cops, the people were standing out on their front porch. And the cops took and actually fired into their house. I think it was like paintballs or something. But they fired at them into the house. It's assault. And we do that, we leave our oppressors open to oppress us when we don't bring justice upon the heads of the guilty. Okay? Now that's one. Here's another one. This one kind of goes hand in hand. And again, this is from Matt Agris too, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. On the 4th of July, Biden admin preps for war against domestic terrorism. Who do you think they're preparing for war against? Well, he says this could include you. Listen to what he says. As Americans don their red, white, and blue sequence barbecue aprons. <laughs> Boy, that's a sight to see. I did not wear an apron, and I cooked on my barbecue just fine. And raise their flags, ironically made in China, along with, by the way, do you know our money is being printed in China now, too? Yeah, the Federal Reserve is actually farming some of that out to, to China. They're, and they're, they print a lot of world currencies. In an effort to celebrate their freedom, or in many cases for some, it's celebrate their slavery, to the football game, the basketball game, the baseball game, whatever. Government is plotting a way this very second to find ways to separate you from that freedom. While all recent presidents have made moves to achieve this very goal, under the guise of fighting domestic terrorism, the Biden administration has ramped it up big time. Despite the largely benign nature of the January 6th riot at the Capitol, I don't even know that I would call it a 
I don't know that I would even call it a riot. People were out in front. They were protesting of the Capitol building. And then some yahoos went in there and broke some stuff. And then some law-abiding citizens went into their building. It is our building, folks. It's the people's building there. The Capitol building is. And they walked through and they looked around. And some people did some other things of, of a destructive nature. Okay? The number of people who were actually doing any kind of destructive action was fairly small compared to the crowd that was gathered there. Okay? But they tagged it on all of you. And I got to tell you, if you're a Trump supporter, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you here. Okay? I know that you want the right thing. I, you probably want the same, as far as I can tell, you want the same thing we do here at the Sons of Liberty. But that road, you are being set up. You were set up on January the 6th. You're being set up by continuing to follow this guy. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I thought of these guys. Let me throw this in and I'll get to this again. I thought, and this is what I'm saying. I'm, we're going to be all over the place here this morning. I look at a particular site, and they have all these Q people and all of this Trump stuff going on. And I watch as they talk about some of this stuff. Some of you guys have probably seen it. They talk about, oh, we're going to have 10 days of darkness. I think Q has said, you're going to be surprised when you find out who's really talking to you. And all these people get this weird thing about JFK Jr. Now we're talking, okay, well, July the 4th has come. Some people said, oh, Trump's going to take back office there. He didn't. Now they're talking about in August. He's not going to be in there then, probably either. Okay? And we all know the election was stolen. So I've been critical of Trump, but I recognize the election was stolen and that he actually won. But I'm telling you right now, when you look at what's going on, these people talk about under-the-earth, under you know, these bunkers and things. And I do believe there are a lot of them. Don't get me wrong, because I've read the stories where Russia and the United States both were building virtually uh, underground cities, big ones, okay, in the case that there was these nuclear attacks, these Q people never ask the question. They don't have any images. They don't have any video. They just got some people feeding them some information or some of them's coming up with it themselves. I don't know. We've seen the geological uh, seismographs where, you know, these earthquakes are happening where allegedly they're fighting things underground and this, that, and the other. But I have a question for you. What if these are underground cities and they're destroying them and you're being given cover story for this. And that's not going to be there for you when you need it. What if that's the case? Nobody, I've not seen one of these guys ask that question. They just trust the plan. Whatever that plan is, they don't even know what the plan is. And they keep telling you it has to happen this way in order to catch the bad guys. They have to let them commit the crime. Well, wait a minute, they've already committed the crime. The guy in the People's White House has committed the crime. So has uh, Jezebel, Kamala. They've committed the crime. And they tell us the military is in control. 
Well, if all of that's good, if the, if the quote-unquote white hats are in control, people, why are things getting worse rather than getting better? See, these people never ask this. They never address this. And if you address it with them, they, they look at you like a deer in the headlights. Like, don't you believe what I'm saying? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't believe it. I believe what God has said. And I have yet to see a major shift of the people of God towards repentance. And so I am stuck with believing that the immutable, holy, righteous, just God, who has dealt with man in the past all through history in the same manner, will deal with us the same way. He can't be bought off. He is not a man that he should repent. He's not. And those of you who think that he does because you pull out certain passages out of Scripture and says, well, see, it says it repenteth God. That's not the same thing as God repenting. God's not like a man that he would do that. In fact, he warns the people. He said, I am not like you. You thought I was, but I'm not. We go over into Psalm chapter 50 and we see things like that. We also have a promise there, and this leads you to the end, the the hope that we're going to give. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked, God saith, What hast thou to do with my, to declare my statutes? And that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words, castest, my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou con, uh, consented with him and hast been partakers with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sitteth and speaketh against thy brother. Thou slanders, uh, slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done and I kept silence. Though thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as yourself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver you. Does that sound like what your church is preaching? This God who says, if you don't turn, if you don't listen to me, if you don't obey me, I will come and I will tear you in pieces. Is that the God you hear about preached on Sunday mornings? Is that the God you read in the scripture? That's the God of the Bible. If you're not reading that God, if you're not seeing him in that as part of his character, you have a false God. You have made up a God of your own musings, but it's not the God of the Bible. Now, here's what else um, Matt goes on to point out. And by the way, the time is flying. I didn't think it would go this fast. I thought I could hit these real quickly. (laughs) So we may go over a little bit, okay? Uh, But here's what Matt says. Despite the largely benign nature of the January 6th riots at the Capitol over the last six months, President Joe Biden, I don't even like, I don't like calling him president. I hate when they use that because Matt knows that he's illegitimate too, but I guess it's just one of those things again. I just don't, I don't use it. I didn't use it for Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. I'm not using it for Biden. China Joe, that's what I call it. 
has classified this unarmed group of rioters as the largest threat against democracy in history. It's not. It's not about taking the people's voice away. It wasn't about destroying the republic. It's not, it's not in it. Well, on the part of the people who are involved in the shenanigans that went on in there, it was clearly orchestrated. It was clearly planned. And, you know, I really haven't seen any justice brought against any of the people who are actually involved in doing the damage that they did in some of the offices and, and some of the places there in the Capitol building. It just isn't. It's a staged event. He issued DHS or issued DHS warnings, ramped up security, and turned Washington, D.C. into a police state. I hear it's a ghost town is what I've heard. It's really, some people say it's just really eerie how things are. Despite Joe Biden running on a platform of unity to bring America, they always tell you that. They always tell you that they're unity and they're going to have unicorns and Skittles for everybody and there's going to be a rainbow in front of everybody's house and we're just going to live happily ever after singing Kumbaya. That is never the end result of whatever they do. It's always the very opposite of that. It is death. It is darkness. It is destruction. That's the way the devil works. And these people are the devil's kids. No, everybody is not God's children. They're not. They may be God's creatures, but they're not his children. The Bible tells us if we don't have of his spirit, we are not his. Okay? And despite his running for this platform of unity to bring Americans back together, not that we were separated, the separation continues to come from these people who race bait, who, who are tyrannical and they divide the people, by classes and colors and whatever they can find to divide you with. That's where the disunity comes from. Before he was ever sworn in, he reneged on the promise by alienating tens of millions of Trump supporters, essentially declaring them the enemy. And here's the thing. I get lumped into that. You get lumped into that just because we want the Constitution to be upheld. Now, I believe there's a lot of Trump supporters, probably the majority of them, who want the Constitution to be upheld. They want lower taxes. They want, or, or at least, I want them eliminated. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I want them eliminated. But they want the right things. They want the laws to be upheld that are lawful. They want the ones that are not lawful to be torn down. They want a restoration of liberty in the country, an unabashed liberty in the country. At least that's what they say. But their guy ends up bringing in tyranny too, in one form or another. Here's what Biden said. Don't dare call them protesters. Don't call those people who met up there on January the 6th. Don't call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. Okay. Where was uh, Mr. Biden when uh, cities were being burned by Black Lives Matter? Hmm? Where was he when Antifa were doing what they're doing out there in, um, in, in Washington and in Oregon? And other states of our union. Where, were, where was he and uh, Kamala? Where, where were they at? 
Well, they were supporting them. Well, you've got to let these people do it. They, they, they've got to express this is part of protest. This is part of the First Amendment, blah, 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 blah. And they justify it. You see what I'm talking about? Most of you guys get the hypocrisy that goes on. The problem that we have is we don't bring any justice against these criminals who enable other criminals. They're like the end of Romans chapter 1. They're not only engaging in the lawlessness themselves, but they take pleasure in those who engage in lawlessness. And both of them are worthy of death. That's what Scripture says. Read Romans 1. Because of what they're doing. And, you know, even on a more significant level, because these are people in the position of authority to where they're to be the ministers of God, Romans, uh, Romans 13, 1-7. They're in a position of authority as ministers of God, and they're acting as ministers of the devil. So, what's going on here? Well, Matt tells us. While some, folk, some of the folks certainly thought that they were part of some coup, the reality of the situation was nothing at all as serious as the media and established have reported since. Nevertheless, the police state advocates are not letting this opportunity to go to waste, are milking it for everything they can. The Biden administration announced their plans to create a means of family and friends to snitch on each other. See how they're dividing you? I got a star on my belly, you got two stars. I'm jealous of that, I'm going to go snitch on you. Because China Joe might give me um, some money that's devaluing by the second that I'm not going to be able to do much with anyway. I, let's see. It says um, they're going to snitch on each other to fight the largely non-existent threat of domestic terrorism. In a teleconference, a senior administration official told reporters of a plan that sounds reminiscent of the minority report <clears throat> excuse me, by attacking pre-crime. We will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. The official went on to explain how this would work, which involves family members and friends snitching on each other. He says, or the, the article reads, we will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning of or threatening behavior before violence occurs. And on that, I would just note that one of the things we're talking about is the need to do something in this space, like the see something. If you see something, say something. You know what? I have a t I'm, I'm very tempted to be a smart aleck in that, okay? If I'm at a place where, you know, all these DHS, TSA kind of people are, hey, man, I, I saw some dirt on the carpet back there. That, that could be trouble. You know, it was a little dusty in the restroom. I, you probably need to check that. That's seeing something, isn't it? Doesn't tell you what they're what what you're seeing. That could that could be trouble. You need to go check that out. Somebody forgot to flush the toilet while they're in there too. That could be very dangerous. Just start going up and telling them all kinds of stuff and say, "Well, I saw something." I'm telling. And on that, I would just note that one of the things. This is again from the from the article here we're talking about is the need to do something in this space like to see something if you see something say something concept that has been promulgated previously by DHS this involves creating contexts 
in which those who are family members or friends or co-workers know that they are pathways and avenues to raise concerns and seek help for those who they have perceived to be radicalizing and potentially radicalizing towards violence. We are investing many agencies of the government and resourcing them appropriately and asking our, ch- our citizens to participate, the official said. Because ultimately, this is really about homeland security being a responsibility of each citizen of our country to help us achieve. Well, let me tell you about that, Mr. Unnamed Official. Homeland security is me and my brothers in arms across America. Homeland Security is not an office created by George Bush to oppress the people in every way they can. That is not Homeland Security. That is Homeland Tyranny. Me and those listening to me are to be Homeland Security. We are the enforcers of the law, not alphabet agencies. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. We are the law enforcers, not you. You are the lawbreakers. You're a lawbreaker by even being in existence. You are forbidden because we have law enforcement. It's the people. You're forbidden to occupy the offices that you have. They're illegal. They're unconstitutional. Now, that's that's some other things. Let me give you something that, that Bradley's been hitting on of late. And that is on the LGBTQ stuff. And he's been on that, and there's a reason for it. Uh, He cares about the kids. And that's where the attacks come. We've seen the attacks on our children. When we had Michael Peruca on the other week, that was one of the things. He says, your enemy is already at war, and we don't even know that we're at war. We don't even know it. We think because we get to... We can drive pretty much wherever we want to drive. We can go wherever we want to go. We can still buy certain things of that we have necessity for and things of this nature. We consider that freedom. That's the mindset of many people. doesn't matter that they're holding a gun to our head to pay the, the immoral property taxes on our car and they'll come you know, take us to jail or take our, take our property and sell it to get their little bit of money that they're going to get. We've seen incredible stories elderly people who have their homes and because they don't pay $8 in property tax or something, they come and sell their home out from under them for $8 and then stick some interest on it too. And then they're keeping the money too, the other money, the tens of thousands of dollars where they stole these people's property. I'm telling you right now, the neighbors in that neighborhood, the men who call themselves men, if they weren't standing up armed to the teeth to stop those people doing it, they're cowards. If you know about it and you don't do anything about it, you're a coward. You're just a coward. You're a coward. But that's what they're doing, and they're wearing the people down. But they're after our children. And this whole idea dealing with the LGBTQ, it is a, it, one of the most amazing things to me is to listen to people take the Bible and try to justify the abomination of sodomy. It's absolutely incredible. 
There's a guy by the name of Barry Land. He's with um, Freedom From Religion. Uh, it's a like a foundation or something like that. And no doubt, it's probably getting money from the same people who are funding all this other anti-American stuff. But I remember years ago, there was an apologist, uh, James White, from Alpha and Omega Ministries. And if you want to you hear somebody mop the floor with somebody, James White does it with Barry Land. Barry Land comes in promoting this idea. Oh, well, we know in the Old Testament, you know, the men, they would fight together, and they would get kind of snuggled up in the foxhole, and then they, all this other stuff would happen. No, that wasn't, the way, that wasn't the way it worked. There may have been some who did that. I'm not denying that there are some. Men are men, okay? And they're prone to all kinds of temptations, okay? But this was not the norm. And he tried to say David was like this. David and Jonathan were... Sodomite. They they were committing. I mean, that's what they were expressing. And James kept going. No, he was a godly man. He knew God's law forbid that. He called it an abomination. He even took him to the text, and he would say, "Well, what does it mean here?" And Barry had this look on his face, like, "I don't know. I'm ignorant of this stuff." And so James just explained it. This is what it says in the Old Testament. It's saying the same thing over here in the New Testament. Same stuff. But they try to justify it. It is the most. Wicked, evil thing that you've ever heard in your life. I mean, I I mean that. And at the end, after James politely mopped the floor with this guy in his argument, this guy had the audacity to get up and say, well, some of you feel like you've won, putting his hands on his hips. You feel like you've won. You feel justified, but it's just to, to push your hate. Well, is it hate when I tell my kids, hey, we got a highway out in front of our house here. Don't go play out in the road. Because cars are coming up, and there's a, there's a little hill over here, and it could come over and not see you, and you get hit, and then you're either maimed or we've lost you. Don't go play in the road. There's all kinds of places you can play around here. Is that hatred towards my kids, or is that love for them? No, that's love. That's real love. And if they go out there, you bring them inside, you sit them down, you say, this is the reason you need to obey mom and dad, and you talk to them about that, you give them a swat on their tush, and you hug them, and you pray with them, and you say, don't do it again. They have to be corrected in that, too. And they understand it. It's funny, my kids, you know, here we are, everybody but uh, my oldest, who's up in Jersey, come in for the 4th of July and it was funny. One of my sons had one of his girlfriends over, and he was telling. He says, you, and and some of the other kids. He says, "Do you remember when Dad used to do this?" And he'd have us lined up. And I think one time the boys uh, took and uh, they put some kind of a pillow in their pants or something. <laughs> and look, Dad was quick with it. I got it over. I didn't want to do it, but I got it over with. I loved on them. I prayed with them. I said, "Here's what God says that you need to do in obedience to Mom and Dad." And we were over. But they remember it and they say, you know, I'm glad that you did it because what I was doing was wrong. And they kind of laugh about it now, but they recognize, like I did, like many of you did. The Bible tells us if we don't discipline our children, we don't love them. We hate them. And God loves those that he disciplines. So with that said, I want to turn to some of the things here. uh, And I'm going to run out of time. So... I want let me give some hope here at the end from all of this. And then I want to address this. We'll go back into these things from scripture on the other side and I, I might run 20 or 30 minutes over, okay? Just 
let you know. If you want to hang on, if you if you need to go, I understand that too. But I appreciate everybody's support. Our hope is not in D.C. It's not even in state government, to tell you the truth. It's not in Donald Trump. It's not in Joe Biden or any of those people. Our hope is in the Lord. And when I say that, I'm not saying it as some kind of a trivial caveat kind of thing to throw out. But I say it from the past experience. I see it in history. I see it when we go to the Bible. I see it there. I see it in our own history. We see what God has done in our own history. In our people. And he's a faithful God to do it. But one, the people have to turn from their sin. And you say, well, what do I do? Because some people... Here's what they do. Some people come and they want to justify themselves. Remember, some of them came to John the Baptist and say, the soldiers came, what do we do? Don't harm anybody and be content with your wages. Yeah, well, what do we do? Well, for each person, it's going to be different things. For some of you, it's going to be to get rid of your idolatry. Whether it be a politician, the drink, food, Women, a car, a sporting event, or whatever the case may be. You've made that an idol. You give it far more attention than you do to God. For some of you, it's going to be stop stealing. You're stealing time from your employer by messing around when you should be working. You complain about your wages. Stop complaining. God's over all of that. For some of you, it's lust or you're engaged in fornication, adultery, sodomy, whatever the case may be. Bible calls you to repent of that too. Looking at pornography, that goes along with it. Bible calls us to repentance over all of that. Maybe you've borne false witness against somebody. You need to repent of that. And you need to go to them and make it right, the Bible says, Matthew 18. Maybe you've been coveting your neighbor's stuff. You need to repent of that. Maybe you've had other gods before you. God of creation, the Lord Jesus Christ has not been your Lord. He has not been your God. I'm telling you, the Bible says, God says, he promises, if his people will turn from their wicked ways, these things and more that I've mentioned, then he will hear from heaven. He will heal the land. I really do believe he will do something we can't explain other than bringing our enemies to their knees right in front of us to where we have to give him glory because there's no other explanation. Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and catch us in the morning, Rotten of the Core, Wednesday, 6 a.m. Hang on, and we'll be right with you. Okay, welcome to everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. Great to have you guys on. I wanted to leave that at the end as a, as a, a substance to call people to that's good news, not bad news. And... Maybe you notice this. I often like to take all the bad news and put it out first. Dump the bad news on the people so that they say, what are we to do? You know, it's like in the Old Testament when the priests got up and they read constantly from the law all day long, not just to the adults, but even to the little children, even the suckling babes, okay? 
And at the end of that, the people were cut to the heart. They were weeping and they repented. And then what? They got, they were told to get up and to celebrate. Why? Because God had heard and he had forgiven their sin. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So let me give you a couple of instances here. I was talking about the guys doing the LGBTQ stuff. And all of this is under this, this concept of the noose is tightening on us. We're doing it to ourselves, but it's under God's providence. It's the way he's established things to be. We're, in essence, tightening our own noose. How many of you guys remember the story? Most of you, probably in the, in the audience, remember the story of Genesis 19. When the two angels came down to Sodom. You remember Lot's in Sodom, and Lot's been in the gates here. And they come in, and they want to... They're going to destroy the city, and they're going to get Lot and his family out. Okay, so let's take a look at this, and I want you to pay attention to a couple of things because I'm going to bring these out as to what, what transpires and then what the Bible also says later on in the New Testament about Lot and his situation. <clears throat> there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords. Now you remember, these are two guys that were with the Lord, they appeared in human form. They came to Abram and, uh, and, and to his wife, and they ate food there with them. And then they departed from the Lord, and these two angels went down into Sodom. This is where they meet, this is where they meet Lot. I pray you, enter your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the video where some of these rabid Sodomites come out. And there's been some, I think it was down in Louisiana was where it took place, I think. And they circled the church, and they were beating on the windows. The, the church had clear windows. They didn't have the stained glass stuff. They were beating on the windows. They were beating on the doors, trying to keep people from going in. They were terrorizing the women and children going in um, into the church. And then they tried to push their way into the church. These people are evil. They are just wicked as wicked can be. They've turned themselves over to this, and God's turned them over to a reprobate mind. Now, that wouldn't happen down here in the South because... They're going to put, your, put their hands on you trying to go into the church. They're probably going to catch a couple of yeah, pieces of copper and lead. That's probably what they're going to do. They're going to get vaccinated by the church. Okay, <laughs> Let's put it that way. But that's what they were doing in this church. So you can imagine the men of the city filled with this inflamed passion. And that's what it is. They're, they're being given over to the lust of their flesh. Romans 1, 18 and following. They're, they're given. Why? Because they won't honor God. So here's what, he, here's what they do. They're surrounding the house here. That's what we're saying. And they come around. Old and young, all of them are showing up. People from every quarter to this one house to see these two angels. To get their hands on them. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Now I'm going to tell you, this, this goes back to the... the 
debate that I saw between um, James White and Barry Lynn. I'll see if I can find it, but most of the time what they've done, what they've done is they've cut up little clips, and it's kind of hard to find the whole thing. Uh, but if I can find it, I'll put it in the archive. <clears throat> this guy, Barry Lynn, said, oh, they wanted to know them. They wanted to know what kind of guys they were. They wanted to know if they were spies or not. They wanted to question them. That is not how this biblical term of no is used. It is used in a sexual connotation. They wanted to commit sodomy with these men. And you can cross-reference this with uh, Judges chapter 19 and 20. And you'll see there were wicked men of the Benjamites who come up and they want to not get the, the, the priest's concubine. They want the priest, the man. And in that instance, they actually took the woman and abused her till daybreak, and she died at the threshold of the door. We'll talk about that in just a second, because the people brought about resolve in that instance. Now, let's go back to Genesis 19. And Lot went out at the door unto them. Yeah, he went out to uh, to the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters, which have not known a man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now most of us would say, "Um, Lot, what are you doing, man? You got the first part right. Why why would you give your, your daughters over to these men? Well, we're going to address some of that in just a minute. Because some people go... What kind of Christian father would do that? Well, a Christian father who's under temptation, who's not very strong, but he's very weak. You say, well, he's no Christian. I'm going to show you where you need to repent if you think like that, okay? Verse 9 says, And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge? Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, these angels, and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men, these sodomites of the city, that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. Did it help? Did it stop them at all? No, it just made them weary themselves to find the door, dummies. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we're going to destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place. Notice that... That these were the, the, the guys who had married the daughters weren't involved with these guys, okay? But it kind of makes you wonder whether or not there was in, there was an unequally yoked marriage going on here. The daughters are obviously up with, with Lot in his house. The son in laws are somewhere, maybe in the house. And he says, the Lord's going to destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They had no no respect for Lot. 
And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, these angels, and upon the hand of his wife and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. They took him like a little kid and said, You got to go. We got to do our thing here. We, we got to get you out of here. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. And then as you go down, <clears throat> you see uh, in uh, later, down in verse 19, it says, The servant hath found grace and the sight and, and thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. And what we see there is, is when the sun comes up, verse 23, when it was risen upon the earth, and when Lot entered into the city of Zoar, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew the cities. All of the ancient cultures knew about this. They knew what God had done. And yet men continued on in what they were doing. So some people will say, well, Lot was not you know, very godly and such. Well, let's go over to Second Peter 2. And, and yes, he was very weak. There's no question about that. But Peter is talking about false prophets, right? And he says that God has pretty much set them aforehand for judgment. And he gives some examples for instance, when we go over into 2 Peter chapter 2, he says, If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot... <clears throat> now, that's not saying just Lot, because he delivered Lot, his wife, and his daughters. Of course, his wife looked back, turned to a pillar of salt, but he delivered just Lot. He's saying he was justified, okay? Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, listen to this. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day, with their unlawful deeds, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, did you notice something there? God said that he was a just man. Lot was a just man. That he was a righteous man. That he had a righteous soul. But he was vexed by the conversation of the wicked. He was... Day to day tormented by their unlawful deeds. Yeah. Lots of brother. Wasn't a good example. And what happened after with his daughters and such, not a good picture for the dad, but he was a just man. He was a righteous man. And if God says he's a righteous man, he's a righteous man. Okay. So let's take a couple other things here uh, before we close out. This issue that keeps getting pushed <clears throat> further and further 
comes from a variety of places. It's not just in what we see of the homosexual community, it's the agenda that they're pushing. It's not just in the abortion. Those are two of the biggest ones that we have right in front of us, okay? And nobody's really dealt with them, either one of them. It's gotten so bad that we've got a man who thinks he's a woman who is in the Department of Health and Human Services. Another unconstitutional agency, by the way. By the way. And nobody, nobody addresses that. Do you remember when Rand Paul wanted to address him because of wanting to give kids, you know, these um, hormone blockers and stuff like that? And he says, I, I just can't. I, I got to tell you, when the guy got up, if I was sitting on that panel, I would have just had to say, you're not qualified because look at you. It's clear that you're not, you don't have the mental capacity to do any job, much less this. It's clear. Men who dress up like women, the Bible says, is an abomination. It's what it says. But we go over into Amos, and <clears throat> what do we find there? Well, we find Amos calling the people to repentance. Over and over and over. Just like all the prophets. They're called, it's a political and a spiritual message. You, you can't separate the two. Politics in our culture is nothing more than our religion externalized. That's what it is. Okay? Whatever we believe is what our culture will be. It's, what, it's how our politics will be engaged in. And God continually chastised the people of Israel, continually brought chastisement upon them, and they wouldn't repent. And listen to what he says near the end of chapter 4 of Amos. He says, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The palmer worm devoured them. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword, have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up under your, under your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrows Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains, and createth the wind, and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Now this past week in... Um, at church, we were again going through Job. Um, I think we were in 38 through 42. We were kind of covering a, a large part of where God is the one who comes up and speaks after Job's friends have spoken. And Job has remained silent in all of this. And God comes along to encourage Job and rebuke his friends. 
And he comes along and he tells who he is. And he, he questions those who think they're speaking for God. And he questions Job, who has just remained silent in it, who has been tempted to curse God and die. Everything's been taken from him except his wife who nags him to do the same thing that his friend are doing. Curse God and die. Just get it over with. And Job won't do it. And God comes in. It's very much like this. You know, who set the boundaries? Who told the, the, the waves that they could come this far and no further? Who set the foundations of the earth? Who laid out the firmament? The stars, sun, and moon that are in the firmament? Who, who did all that, Job? Who, who made the Leviathan? Who made the behemoth? Who contained them? Tell me, Job, if you know. And Job's response is amazing. I have seen who you are. I abhor myself in sackcloth and ashes and repent. My eyes have seen you. I've heard about you, but now my eyes see you. And I repent in dust and ashes. That was Job's response. Today, the modern church in America thinks repentance is not even necessary. They don't preach against sin. Jesus is just you know, something you tack on. Maybe he's part of the, the in crowd of the, the church sphere there, the, the country club that's been created there. But it has nothing to do with repentance. Let me bring it here to where we are today. We're engaged in all of these things in our culture that are sin. We've talked about usury. The Bible commands us not to be engaged with usury with our fellow countrymen, especially among Christians. Okay? We're not to be charging them. We charge exor- we, we allow banks to charge exorbitant amounts of money. We allow them to counterfeit money. They, they aren't even providing constitutional money. They're providing pieces of paper. I was explaining this to the guy. I think it's going to be, Lord willing, my future son-in-law. I was explaining this to him, and he was like, it was like the light bulbs were going on when I was explaining some of this stuff to him. I said, learn it now so you don't make the same mistakes I made when I was your age. We, we've done that with the money. We've engaged with others in violation of what Proverbs teaches us about going with those for the sake of innocent blood. We've done it as a nation by sending our armies out and destroying entire cultures, not following the Constitution, and doing all of these things. You don't think we're going to give an account for that? You don't think that's going to come back home to us? We've promoted what God calls an abomination. We've slaughtered our own children. And if we haven't slaughtered them in the, in the abortion, some of them have done it the white-collar way, and they take abortifacients, thinking they're going to, to uh, thwart what God does. But the Bible tells us that God opens and closes the womb. This is why there are women who actually have children or get pregnant when they're taking those abortifacients. All of this... And then on top of that, think about our covetousness. What are we told every year? We've got to build the economy up, so you've got to go buy stuff. Not stuff that you necessarily need, but stuff. Consumerism. And there's nothing wrong with being a consumer. 
you know, we, we trade. The Bible doesn't say any, there's anything wrong that we give money for people for something that we're in need of. Nothing about that at all. But we're consumer-driven. It, it's a lust. It's at the base level of what we're at, and we do that. And, boy, if you really want to see it play out, go watch the black, the running of the sheeple. That's what we call it. The running of the sheeple. Watch the people on Black Friday kill each other. Kill each other. I mean, literally. Fighting in the stores among one another over a television or a computer or whatever it is because it's such a great deal. They're going to fight each other. They're going to fight their neighbor over it. You imagine what these people are going to do when there ain't no food on the shelves? Yeah, I'm sorry, Joe. You're probably going to need a couple of those magazines for your uh, semi-automatic rifle. You really are. Because you're going to have a lot of people with hungry bellies, scared, fearful, and they're willing to kill you to get that food that you have. Let me take you over into, and again, you guys know what I think about Revelation. I believe it is the uh, completion of the Old Covenant and the destruction of Israel. Look at what it says. Verse 20 of chapter 9. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold, silver, and brass, and stone, and of wood, which neither can see, nor hear, nor walk. Neither they repent, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. This is chapter 9. They wouldn't repent, though God was bringing judgment over and over and over and over. And i got to tell you, there is no hopeful message if you're going to stay in that state. There's no hopeful message. There is a fearful expectation of judgment, the Bible, the writer of Hebrews tells us. But if you would but repent, if you would look to the one who gave his life to save his people from their sins, that's why his name is called Jesus or Yeshua, if you would look, for, look to him and you would repent, repentance is changing your mind. That is what it is, okay? That's what it means to change your mind and agree with God about what is right, about what is wrong. And then obey what is right. See, the, the change of mind results in a change of action. And when you do that, you will see the Lord begin to heal the area in which you are. He heals you, then he uses you to bring healing in the other areas. Now the question is, where is our focus at? Are we still completely on this political thing? I mean, not that we shouldn't be engaged in it. We're to be those who charge the gates of hell. We're to be those who go into the gates where the laws are made, where um, our representatives sit in a place of authority that we've given them. And we're to be their moral compass. We're to come along because they're going to be tempted to break from morality, and do things that are wrong. That is the nature of man. If you don't take into account that the nature of man is basically bad, not good, it's basically bad, you will always get things wrong with everything that you do. All of us know that when we are alone, 
what our temptations are, and we know what we succumb to, too. Even if we don't do it externally, we do it in our minds, we do it in our hearts. We have to train those things away from us. That's part of what repentance is. Okay? There has to be a break from that. So, that is the hopeful message. The hopeful message is is that God still holds out his hand for these things. Um, and I was going to hit on an issue of the Judascope, but I don't think this is the part, uh, you know, I was going to bring this up when I was talking about the issue with Trump. And I'm, I'm not wanting this to really be about Trump. I'm wanting this to be about us as the people. Again, what are we doing? And And even as I'm saying this to you, the Spirit brings to mind things that I have to repent of. Even right now, which makes me want to get off the radio right quick. I'm about to get off anyway. I'm just like that. When I'm convicted about something, I want to get away from everybody. I just I don't want to be around anybody. Has it done that for you? I, I hope so. That is the hope that we have. And if we don't repent before a just and holy God. We're going to be go those who suffer the same consequences as those around us that we complain about. Same thing. And rest assured, God's not to be mocked. His word's not to be mocked. I can't emphasize that enough. I I don't get a, a, a lot of time a, a lot of the times that I speak to present this kind of thing. But he's not going to be mocked, guys. You can mock me all you want. I know people come in and, and heckle and stuff, and that's cool. That's fine. I get it. But God's not one to be mocked. And if we're not those people who would repent before him, we're, we're in a world of hurt. We, we've got a lot of trouble coming our way. And it's going to get a lot worse than we can even imagine. I sat last night, and I'll end with this. I sat last night <clears throat> before I went to bed, and again, I'm <clears throat> I'm listening to this uh, this little interview here with Steve Quayle and Mike Adams, and I, I don't agree with all of the stuff that's said in there, but I, I do agree in the main that there's there's things that are, that are coming that we can't imagine because many of us have read about such things in history. We've never experienced them here in our country, and it's going to. For a lot of us, a lot of people, it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be terrifying. And the Bible says, God says, he'll bring terror against us. That's part of the judgments in Deuteronomy 28 too. So what are you to do when your world is falling apart and you can't control any of it? You're to look to the one who's been trying to get your attention all along. You're to call upon him, even as the children of Israel did did in in the midst of their slavery and their oppression. Calling upon God. Don't you see what's going on? Come to our aid. Save us. Did God hear them? Yep. Even though there was a stiff-necked and rebellious people themselves... He heard them and he had a promise and he had a covenant with them. And he brought them out of their bondage 
And he gave them the law. In fact, that's how he starts. Exodus 20. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the God that I present to you. Have you repented? Have you embraced Jesus Christ as Lord? Have you submitted to his commands? Are you submitting to them? There's the message of hope. If you are, if this is what has happened in your life, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, there is hope for you. Not a hope like the world has hope. Your hope is in Christ. So whether we live, it's a good thing, or whether we die, it's an even better thing. We get to go be with the Lord. I hope it's been helpful. Um, there's a lot of things, and I guess I would need several hours to go through several things that I want to do, but I, I kind of grabbed a couple of things to kind of put before you because this stuff's coming faster and faster, and I think it's going to come a lot faster than what we think, maybe even this year, maybe within a few months. Who knows how long the Lord's going to be merciful to us? I don't know, but the Bible tells us that in the day of salvation, not to harden our hearts. So I pray that we won't harden our hearts against our Creator, but we'll repent and we'll see Him do great and mighty things that we know not. You guys have a great day. Catch Bradley again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And again, Rotten to the Core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor tomorrow, uh, 6 a.m. Eastern, Lord willing. Till then, see ya.